0: Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Well, obviously, as you can tell by my wonderful tan and my height, I am not Pastor Steve, Pastor Steve is uh, celebrating our grand opening for our new building for our Passion Iglesia, our ministry, and so he's go over there this morning celebrating with them. We're so excited for what God is doing in our Hispanic ministry, and if you if you have a chance today, I would I would just like to encourage you to lift them up in prayer because God is moving in their congregation, and they are a part of us. Just because they're in a new building doesn't mean that they're there, <clears throat> that that we're leaving them that we're leaving them hanging, but they are apart with us and we are with them and we know that God has positioned them in a place where they can reach a community of people who need to hear the gospel. And so we're so thankful for that. And we're so thankful that Pastor Steve is able to be there with them as they open up this brand new building. If you haven't been over there, I encourage you to go and visit um, and see what all God is doing in that building. It's, it's, It's incredible. So if you don't know who I am if I haven't got to meet you, my name is Andrew. I am the student pastor my wife is not in here she's probably um, back there with with some of the kids hanging, hanging out and, and loving on kids and so we we run our student ministry here at passion and and always at the beginning the, the, the beginning of the year here at Passion we we tend to focus on specific spiritual growth because we feel like this is a natural place, you know, a lot of people are in this mode of like, let's get my life on track, let me, I, I'm making New Year's resolutions, I want to I make sure that I, I, I hit 2022 running full speed and, and in the right direction, and so we try to move with you and we talk about spiritual growth because we can try to do as many things as we want in our practical life and try to be the best person that we could be, but if we don't focus on spiritual growth, it's not going to last. Spiritual growth is, is, is our core, it's our soul, and it's, it's how God intended us to focus inward first, and then it would produce an outward effect. And so this is why we talk about spiritual growth, and today we're talking about busting some moves. I, I, I thought about dancing on my way up here, but I realized that that would be a distraction that nobody needed to be a part of. So I decided just, just walk up here, and, and, and if... If I start dancing at any point in time during that intro, just know it's just I can't control it. I had to bust a move. So if you've got your driver's license and if you've had your driver's license for at least 24 hours, you've probably used this phrase, move over. How many How many guys are there? Move over. And, and along with uh, uh, the phrase, they give us a signal for a reason, right? You guys... Or, or or, go ahead, take your half out of the middle, right? Anybody been there? Or or maybe this is my son's favorite. He didn't get it from me, but I remember I was sitting at a red light and it turned green and there was someone that failed to move forward and I hear my son say, green means go. Now, I didn't know if he was actually just saying he saw a green light and he'd say green means go and like, yeah, I get it. Or if he was actually talking to the person in front of me, but that's his favorite, green means go. And 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 no one gets, and so I don't wanna get anybody in trouble. We're just gonna stop right there at the things that are said from behind the wheel. Uh, I know why some of you do not put passion stickers on your car, and I am thankful that, that some of you think ahead. Like, let me not put the sticker on my car because there's some people here that, that, I need to go and peel the sticker off because I've seen the way that we drive and we need just like, hey, don't, don't represent us on the highway, please. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I was intending on talking about this move in a completely different way. Whenever Pastor Steve asked me, he's like, hey, can you do this day because I'm going to be at Passion Iglesia? I was like, yeah, I could do it. And he's like, here's some different things, that, some different topics, you know, you can have different ones. And, and I was like, yeah, I'll take, I'll take move over. Move over, I'm gonna do that. And I was gonna go a completely different direction, but then I ended up driving to Virginia over the holiday, and when you spend 40 hours, almost 40 hours on I-40, I guess your mind tends to change. So I was on the highway for a long time. So today I wanna look at our lives as heading toward a destination. And that destination is us standing before God and hearing God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So when we take a family trip, especially when we're going somewhere that we haven't been before, one of the first things that we do before we get into the car or as we get into the car, pulling out the driveways, we type in the address into our maps. Right, anybody, anybody there? Or, anybody here still print off your, your maps? There's no shame in that, you know. If you do, it's, it's fine. But, but we, we type it into our maps and we have iPhones and so we use Siri. And one thing that I know about Siri, and if you've used Siri and you have the, the voice um, dictation on to where she actually speaks to you as you are driving, she gives a plethora of directions. And sometimes it's annoying there's times in my car where we'd be going somewhere it's like, it's like, babe, I know where I'm going. Please turn off her voice. I do not need to hear, t- get, turn left in half a mile. Turn left in a quarter of a mile. It's like, hey, you just told me I see it, but, but and it's annoying. And I was like, turn it off. I don't want, I know where I'm going, but I am more thankful for all of the direction given when I'm in a place I don't know where I'm going. I was super thankful that, that I had that much direction when I was driving in my car with a car full of students in Dallas trying to get to our conference and all the places we're gonna eat. I'm thankful that miles in advance, I was given the direction of what lane I needed to move into so I wouldn't miss my turn. It wasn't annoying then, I was actually thankful. It's funny that when we're convinced and when I'm convinced that I know what turn to make or what, or, 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 or where I'm going, I may turn off the voice descriptions telling me where to go because it's annoying having someone tell me what to do when I feel like I already know what I need to do. And you can ask my wife how many times that I've missed the turn because of that decision. Babe, I know where I'm going. I don't need to, we don't need to type it in our maps. And then I end up, I was like, oh, was that my turn right there? <laughs> because of my pride. And a lot of times I see my turn before I even miss it. We'll be driving like, okay, I got to get around this truck. So we're over here in the left lane going. So like, it's like, oh, wait, my exit is, oh, I can't make it. I can't get over in time. I, for, I fail to move over and position myself so I can make the right turn at the right time. And this brings me to my first point. We must move over to make our turn. We have to move over to make our turn. And there's some of us here today that God has been informing you, God has been giving you direction, God has been influencing you and leading you and drawing you because your turn is coming up. And if we miss this turn, then who knows when there's gonna be another chance? Who knows when there's gonna be another exit? Who knows when there's gonna be another time for you to make this turn? And this turn that I'm talking to you about is the decision to turn your life over to Jesus Christ. And we can't go forward. It doesn't matter what else I say next if we we fail to make this turn of turning our lives over to Jesus and saying, God, I give you everything. God has been nudging you to move over into the correct lane so that when the time comes, you'll be ready to say, yes, I'm going to give you my life. And let me not only challenge those who haven't made the decision to give their hearts to Christ, but there may be some in here who God has been making you uncomfortable where you are. And you being here this morning, listen, I understand that we have our regulars, like Sunday is like a non-negotiable. But it's still, it's not by chance that you end up walking through these doors this morning. It's not by chance that you log on and you're watching this right now. It's, it's not an accident. God has designed this moment. God has positioned you in this right place. God has moved you over into this lane because he has a plan for you. You may think, man, I just came here because I have to be here. That may be so, you may, but God has put you here for a reason. Nothing happens in our life. God does not put us in positions like this by accident, but it's on purpose. He's positioning us in the right place at the right time so we won't miss our turn. But too many times we fight it. And by saying we, I mean me. What do I mean? I want you guys, I already said this word once. I want you to say it. It starts with a P and, then, and it's a terrible ride after. It's called Pride. Pride. It'll stop us from, from allowing God to position us because we think we got it all together. It's like, oh man, it's fine. I'm good, I got this. I got this under control. I, I, don't, I don't need help. I don't, I, don't need, I don't need your direction. I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. Actually, it's faster if we, take this, if we go this way. How many of you guys have made that mistake before? Let me me go this way, it's faster. It's like, oh man, I forgot there was construction over here. (laughs) Right? We think we know. God can be nudging us to put down the bottle and we tell ourselves that this isn't bad, it's just one. But we don't see God is trying to get us to move over so we don't miss our turn. He's trying to get us to move over in the correct lane. But we, we say, no, I got it. I'm going to stay over here. And then we see, it's like, oh, wait, that was my turn. Now it's too late. Now I can't see straight. One turned into five. He told you to put, he's been saying, hey, don't, don't, don't hit that joint. Don't click on that website. Don't, 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 don't open that email. It's like, it's okay. I need to delete the email anyway. But then we find ourselves missing the turn and we find ourselves in a place that we, it's like, I did not want to be here. Because we didn't move over at the right time because we thought we had it under control. And we miss our turn. And and you know what the name of the street is that we missed? It's freedom. We're over here cruising, thinking that we got it under control, and we look, oh, wait, there goes my freedom. God will tell you not to respond to a text because he's a scrub and he's not what you need. But we say, you know, maybe he's changed. He's changed. Look Look at all the heart emojis. He's actually using exclamation points this time. He didn't write K. He said, okay. He's, he's getting better. Right? He's getting better. I, I can go. I can go see him. We can start over. Or maybe you think, I can change them. I can change them. I, I can do it. I, 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 I can do it. I can get them to start coming to church. I can do all these things. And and we And we get into this. Situation, and then we find out that we missed our turn, and the street that you missed was security, security found in Christ, but since we didn't move over, we're stuck on the highway of insecurity and broken hearts, but that's what we do when we're broken people, we are broken it is not, if we start doing things on our own, we're just gonna mess it up more. Because we are broken, we can't fix things. Because we, we are, we, it's not possible for us to fix it in our own strength. We don't have the necessary power. We don't have the necessary tools to fix things ourselves. But, but we know the one who does. We know one, the one who has the power. We know the one who is capable of fixing things. But when we try to fix it on our own, we're prideful and we just mess it up more. And then because of our pride and because of our sinful nature, we try to curb the pain of the things that we've messed up more. And when we try to curb the pain of our bro- brokenness, that births wickedness. Isn't it? It's just, all oh, the web that we weave. We're broken, and so we try to fix our brokenness because we're prideful. We try to do it on our own. And when we end up being broken more, it's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm worse off now. So let, It hurts too much, so let me try to curb this pain. And so then we turn to wickedness. What do I mean by wickedness? Drugs, alcohol, websites with things that we shouldn't watch, movies with things that we shouldn't watch, talking and having friends with people who are just as broken and just as, as wicked as we are so it makes us feel better because we're not the worst. We turn to that. But it's just wickedness. And there's no cure. There's no fix in that. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, this is Paul writing to Timothy. And Paul is at the end of his life He's in in prison and they say that he writes 2 Timothy and and it's just days or months or it's in his last days of life. He knows that he's about to be killed. He knows he's about to be a martyr. So he's writing out this letter to Timothy to encourage him. So in 2 Timothy chapter two, pick up there in verse 19, it says, nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm bearing this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who calls on the name of the Lord turn away from wickedness. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God comes and finds us where we are. He comes and find us in our wickedness and he doesn't just leave us there, but he calls us out. He calls us out to move over from that. He calls us out to move over from from our wickedness and turn towards his goodness and turn towards his grace. But it's not something that we can do in our own strength. It's It's not something that we can think of a way out on our own. Because we're in darkness. When we were in darkness, it's like, it's like you're in a pit and you can't see anything. It's like, I want to get out, but you don't know which way is up. You don't know which way is down. You don't know which way is, is left or right. You don't know which way to go. You can try to fix it, but most, most of all, you're probably going to end up running into a wall. But we need to look higher. We realize that we don't want to continue on our own path, so we choose to follow his voice. In his ways, Isaiah chapter 55, verse eight and nine. says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I'm so thankful that God is not broken like us. He's not, God is perfect. He knows which way for us to go. He knows where there's, where there's an accident ahead. He knows where there's construction. He knows where the road is closed. He knows where, where we need to turn so we can make it to our destination. And that destination is a relationship with God and at the end of our lives, us standing before him and he's saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. But if we try to do it on our own, in our own strength, we're just gonna end up broken. Because our ways are not as high as his. Our thoughts are not as as good as his thoughts. Because God isn't broken like we are. I know that I'm broken. And so I need to lean on his direction. I need to lean on on his voice saying, hey, you're drifting into the wrong lane. You're about to have to make a turn. So position yourself. Position yourself. God's ways and the moves that he wants us to make won't be what everyone else is doing. A good way to reflect and, and, and self-assess is if you look and you find yourself doing what everyone else is doing, doing what, what everyone else in the broken world is doing, we may need to reevaluate the moves that we make. Because we're not called to move like the rest of the world. And that brings me to my second point. We need to move over to be set apart. When we drive along the highway, a lot of the times running off the side of the highway, you know, you're driving and you see there's a road that's running beside it, running pretty much adjacent to the highway. And and these roads don't move exactly like the interstate does. These roads may have more ups and downs, may have more turns. They may have more stop signs, more traffic lights. They may have, you may actually drive by and see some houses, see some entrances to some neighborhoods, but if you're on the highway, it's pretty much just a straight shot. I'm focused on where I'm going, where I'm headed, and I'm trying to get there as fast as I can. I don't, I don't care about the people around me. As long as they don't move over into my lane, I'm like, uh-uh, move over, right? You know, get out of the way. Hey, turn your blinker on next time. You know, you're on the highway. You're just worried about yourself. Instead of being on this side road where you where people live and you see people as they live, Does anybody know what those roads are called? They're called service roads. Now, they're not the same here in the city as they are like in the rural areas. You'll, you'll be driving, you'll see the service road. It's like, hey, I'm going to take the service road. If you, if, you, if you see something, it's called a service road because you're close to people. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, we're going back there. So we're, we're going to hang out here in 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to read all the way down to the end of verse two, chapter 2. So we're going to pick up in verse 20. He's telling Timothy, Now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but there are also those of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable use. So if anyone purifies himself from anything dishonorable, You made a move to make a turn, right? He will be a special instrument set apart, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. And we're gonna pause right there. I'm gonna read that last part again. Set apart, useful to the master, prepared for every good work, a.k.a. service. God wants us to be set apart, not just, so we can be set apart in a weird way. You know, people go like, oh, look, there goes those weird Christians going to their cult. I mean, their, their, their clique. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I mean, their, their community group. We try to be set apart and we, and we think like we're set apart. So we have to be, oh, don't touch me. I'm set apart. Right? That's not what God is talking about when he says be set apart. He wants us to be set apart so we can be used for his service. Think about it like this. In your kitchen, you have a lot of utensils that you use, right? I know I do. And, and we've been decluttering our kitchen. And there's been three types of utensils, three types of things in our kitchen. We have junk, right? That's the stuff that we never use because either it's incomplete or, or it's just that we have something else that works better, right? We have the stuff that's fancy, right? That's the stuff that only comes out on special occasions like Christmas and Easter. When family comes, like, oh, we get, we get the fancy stuff out, get the, get the heavy forks out, you know, the ones that got a little bit of weight to it, right? And then you have your go-tos. Your go-tos are the things that we use almost every time we get into the kitchen. And a lot of times we can find ourselves in one of those three as followers of Christ. We have the junk, right? The junk drawer that the entire drawer never gets used. We don't even know why it's there. And and a lot of times at the end of the year you find yourself going through like, oh, I don't use this, I don't use this, I don't use that, right? And you throw it out. But then there's also stuff that just randomly disappears. Like Tupperware lids. (laughs) Like where did it go? It's like, okay, I never used that bowl anyway, right? That's just one of the ones that's like, if someone comes over to my house and be like, yeah, you can take this, I don't need that back, (laughs) right? I don't need that back. But that can be some of the people in church who never allow themselves to be used. And isn't it true that sooner or later that they end up disappearing? Oh, man, you know, where, whatever happened to what's his name? You know, uh, what's his name? You, you know, he used to sit over, he used to sit towards, you know, uh, what was his name? Oh, right? Left early, came late, never got involved, never really allowed God to move in their lives. More or less they were just coming to watch and see what all was going on. But I think more often we find ourselves trending toward being fancy. The fancy stuff. We only come out to play Christmas and Easter when when family comes into town. We have to put on our smiles, put on our good clothes. Make sure we dust the top of the refrigerator. Right? We come and we and we we put on this show specific times in our lives. But that's not what God is asking for. It may just be whenever we come into this building. When we step into this building on Sunday morning, like God, use me. God, I wanna be used coming here we worship we sing God spirit fall chains break all these things God I want to be used by you but then as soon as we step out it's like we just go back into the drawer we get back into our lives we go back on the shelf because we just want to be used because we want to be fancy but if God asks us to do something on Monday or Tuesday it's like ah man I you know, the football game come on tonight. You know, got to watch that. And then tomorrow, I got I to gotta, I gotta work, and then I got to make sure that I read. you know, all these things. And we shut it down until the next Sunday or until next Easter or until the next time we need to put on a show because we're fancy. But that's not what God is asking. We're not set apart to be fancy. We're set apart to be used. We set apart so that God, we could be God's go-to's. These are people who are ready for every good work. Look, we can't always be ready when we're on the highway going 70 miles an hour, right? We can't always be ready when we're only thinking about ourselves, only focusing on our own life. And then when we see God, when we see the people that God called, called us to reach, it's too late. We miss our turn. We miss our opportunity. What do I mean? If we haven't moved over into a life that's set apart, if we haven't moved over to a life of service, then God could call us. God could say, Hey, I want you to go 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 talk to them, but we haven't been living set apart. So we're at work at the coffee pot making the same jokes that everyone else is making talking about the same people that everyone else is talking about, spreading the same rumors that everyone else is spreading. We're doing the same things that everyone else is doing, going to the same parties that everyone else is going to, watching the same videos that everyone else is watching, singing the same music that everyone else is singing. So when God calls us to go and and talk to someone, God calls us for his service in that moment, we can't do anything because at that point in time, we've already missed our turn. And so we're gonna have to make some sort of spiritual U-turn to get back to where we could have access and be useful in that situation. Because I don't know about you, but if I was living in the world and I was making crude jokes with someone and then in that same breath they said, hey man, you should come to church with me on Sunday. What? You were just bad-mouthing this person just like I was. But if we've been living a life set apart, Not living the way everyone else is living because we live ways that are higher than our ways. Serve someone whose thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So we think differently. We act differently. Then when we're called and set apart, we're able to move. Paul is encouraging Timothy to get up daily and choose to move over and be set apart. so that we'll be useful for today's work. I'm gonna continue in verse 22. It says, flee from youthful passions. He's given him, he's given him instructions on what to do, how to, how to live set apart. Flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, but reject foolish and ignorant disputes because you know that they breed quarrels. The Lord's servant must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone, able to teach, and patient, instructing his opponents with gentleness. He's telling Timothy that you cannot do what everyone else is doing. Because that's not the way that God is asking us. Because God's way is higher than ours. But I don't want us to miss this. God is saying, "Being set apart." Timothy is telling, Paul is telling Timothy that being set apart doesn't mean that you are distant. Timothy was involved in the lives of all of those in the community. Do you got? Do you did you see in verse twenty four and verse in the first part of verse twenty five? It says it says that they they need to instruct. Sorry, let me find it right here. Must not quarrel, but be gentle to everyone, able to teach and patient, instructing his opponents, the people who are opposing you. He's not saying you need to just not talk to them. He says, be there, be patient with them and instruct his opponents, the people who oppose God. A lot of times we think I'm set apart, so I need to not be around the people who are bad. But if we avoid the people who are far from God, then what's gonna draw them closer? Who's going to be there to teach them? Who's going to be there to help nudge them to move over into the right lane? I think if it was written today, it would read, the Lord's servant must not post in the comment sections on Facebook. (laughs) Because have you guys been in some of the comment sections and seen the Christians? I've seen arguments that last and look, like, some of you guys are in these arguments, and, and you're being peaceful, and, like, you're being patient. And I'm like, man, you are more patient than what I would be. I would have done, turned off the computer, everything. I would not, I would not be responding all this much. So it's like, but I think, I, think, I think what he would say is, like, instead of being on Facebook, he would say, I want you to go and meet up with them and have a conversation. Get down where they live. Be on the service road. To where if you see someone's house, you'd be like, oh, wait, let me just go ahead and turn here. Let me go ahead and just get into their lives. Let me go ahead and have this conversation. And let me be gentle. I know it's hard. But I think some of us may need to even start by just moving a few seats closer to someone that's here. Because we're called to encourage one another. Iron sharpens iron, right? We're called to help each other get there. We're called to help each other move, help each other make the bright moves in their lives, but, but we can't even do it here in this building. So if we can't move over and engage with the person sitting on a row, how are we gonna engage our community? All you gotta do is say, hey, bring your family over for dinner tonight. Look, we don't have service on Sunday nights, It's a perfect time. You know no one's doing anything. It's cold outside, so they're not going anywhere. Invite them over like, hey, let's make some chili. I love chili. (laughs) And let's eat and let's engage with the person sitting next to us. Because if we can't do that, there's no way that we can invite our neighbor from across the street over. And when we start doing it, be patient and be gentle. This brings me to my last point. We need to move over to get out of the way. Look, I know what you're thinking. Like when you move over and do all these things, it's hard. But, and, and, and it feels like, man, I got to do all of this. But let me take some of the load off. Because Paul continues at the end of verse 25 through the end of the chapter to take weight off of Timothy's shoulders. And remember that he just told Timothy, don't argue with them because when you argue, it starts fights, right? Don't fight with them because you were arguing with them, but be patient and pursue, pursue peace with them. And what I hear Paul saying, what I hear Paul telling Timothy is don't try to change them. I think somebody needs to hear that. Don't try to change them. A lot of times we get into situations, we have relationships with people who we know need to get get some things right with God. But we try to go and say, you need to change this. You're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong. Look, look, that's not going to do anything. What that's going to do is going to start a fight. And And Paul told Timothy, do not start fights, but be patient and teach. Don't try to change them because we cannot change them. Timothy can't change their heart any more than one of my spatulas can hop off the counter and start making me some eggs in the morning before I get up. We're just the vessel. There's somebody else that's in control. There's somebody else that has the power to change hearts. We're just the utensil, we're just here for his service. Because the only one who can change hearts is God. The only one who can save souls is Jesus. The one who draws in those who are far from him are his his Holy Spirit. So what do we need to do? We need to point them in the right direction and then get out of the way. Picking up in 2 Timothy verse 25, the second part of the verse, all the way through 26 he continues by saying perhaps God will grant them repentance leading them to the knowledge of the truth then they may come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who is taking captive to do his will God will grant them repentance not us They have to come to their own senses. We can't make them get there. Because when we do that, it's it's almost like when we're driving, there's nothing that's more frustrating than being on the highway, being in the left lane, and you're stuck behind a line of people because there's one car, three cars up, that's going 68 in a 70 mile per hour. Like, what are you doing? Go ahead. Come on, say it with me. Move over. Get out of the way. But a lot of times that's where we are. With a car in the front trying to do things our own way, trying to make things happen on our own, trying to push people past, trying to make people change. I think God is telling us the same thing. Stop trying to make all of this happen on your own. You're in the wrong lane. You need to move over and let me through. We've been arguing and fighting with friends. We've been arguing and fighting with family members, trying to get them to change. Trying to get them to move over. And we end up burning out. We end up, I many guys, maybe even over the Christmas break, you had arguments with family members. Like, hey man, why don't you just get your life together? How many times do I have to help you out with this? Why can't you just change? We burn out, we grow tired, and everyone ends up frustrated, just like the long line of cars that are behind you. Everybody's frustrated. But the amazing thing that when I find myself in that situation, both in real life on the highway and and in life, in my spiritual life, what opens my eyes to it is I have to look up and look in my rearview mirror and see what's behind me and see that I need to move over. Watch how this all works together. I look up and look back and I remember that I was there. I remember that I was in a position where I was hard headed trying to do things my own way, I was lost. But God was patient with me, and he was moving me over at his timing. God called me to move over, so when my time came, I was able to make my turn. God had placed people in my life when I was in in elementary school. God placed people in my life when I was in middle school. God placed people in my life when I was in college that would speak truth to me. And then I would be like, you know what? That makes sense. Let me just move. Let me switch my lane. And it wasn't that this person changed me, but God was using people and he was moving. He He was doing the work. And then he surrounded me with people who helped me live a life that was set apart. Yes, there were individuals who were more instrumental than others, but they were all servants prepared for every good work to help me move to the right place at the right time. And I know this is cheesy and you you hear this a lot and sometimes it can be like a passing phrase that you just try to say to end the conversation, but you hear, it's true, God's timing is the right timing. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We may plant the seed. We may water it. But God is the one who brings the growth. So we just need to move and get out of the way. And again, let me say, because I know it's hard, especially for someone who's close to you, someone you've been praying for, and maybe even someone on your mover's cart that you've been praying for month after month, year after year. And it's hard to just, just not to scream at them sometimes. Because our hearts burn. At least I hope that your hearts burn for their souls. I hope that that you are yearning and longing for them to make the decision to give their lives over to Christ, to get out of the mess that they're in. But just because you're getting out of the way It doesn't mean that you're getting out of their life. We're still called to intercede. We're still called to teach. We're still called to be patient. We're still called to bring peace. We're still called to be gentle. But we can only do that when we've made the correct moves in our lives. First move, Make a move to give Jesus everything, to turn away from our wickedness. The second move is to live our life that points them in the right direction. And then the third move is to move and let God do his work. And then rinse and repeat. Because we're called to be in this and help people find Christ and live the life that he's called them to. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your truth. And God, I thank you for your voice that leads us and guides us in every situation. And God, right now, I'm praying for all, for those of us who may be in here, may not know your voice, may not may have made the first decision to give your, their life over to you and make that turn, to turn away from their wickedness and to turn to you as their savior. God, I just pray that right now your Holy Spirit is drawing them to make that decision, maybe even this morning. God, I pray for those of us who may have turned off the voice and ignoring your leading. God, I pray that you will open up our hearts, open up our ears again to where we will realize that doing it on our own will not get us anywhere, but we will turn back to you and trust your voice with whatever you say. Right now in the room with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here, maybe even you're watching online and you need to make the decision to turn your life over to Christ and say, you know what, I'm done. I'm done living life on my own, but I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give him full reign. I want to give him everything. I want him to be Lord and Savior. I want to make my turn this morning and turn away from my wickedness and turn to the grace and the goodness of Jesus Christ. Just right where you are, just lift your hand. I want to make that turn. Thank you, Jesus. I want us all to pray that prayer. And if you're online, you raise your hand. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Come on, all together say, Jesus, forgive me. I've been doing things the wrong way. I realize I'm broken and I need you. Forgive me. Have my life in Jesus' name. I believe in you. Amen. Amen, amen. And the last thing that I want us to do, and you guys can look at me. I want to challenge you as we move. I want to challenge you to start living your life set apart. Not to be fancy, not just to look good, but live your life set apart for every good service. To where you're, you can be living your life, normal life, but you are aware of the lives that are around you. And when God gives you that nudge, you're like, hey, I want you to turn here. I want you to buy their food. I want you to buy their girl I want you to sit. I want you to just listen to them. I want you to, I want you to like, hey, instead of arguing, them, arguing with them, invite them over to have some chili. But we're called to be set apart. It's like, that doesn't make sense. I don't know them. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts.